We were not to have this, no sweat and no toil. And we are to be gathering, not working, but gathering. The scriptures I gave the first week, I'd like to read them again tonight and just soak it in. Don't, don't look them up. Just, just soak it in and try to get the full meaning of what they mean to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want any good thing. I'm not going to give you the verse either, so then you listen. <laughs> they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. The kingdom of God is very, very specific with spiritual laws, no different than the natural physical laws. That was week one. Week two, spiritual laws of giving. I talked about tithing, that's the 10%, and it shows our obedience. The second one were, were the first fruits. It shows our generosity. Are we willing to give the first part of a blessing to the Lord? The third were the alms, giving to the poor. It shows if we have compassion. And then the fourth was the seed time and the harvest, the 30, 60, and 100-fold. Faith and reward, planting it into fertile ground. I gave you the examples of Elijah with the widow and the son. Had a little meal and a little oil. Elijah with the widow and the two sons and the little oil where she filled a number of pots. <coughs> Jesus feeding the 5,000 men with five barley loaves and two fish, how that was multiplied. Peter, and the boatload of fish. What are you sowing and believing for? That was week two. So here we are to week three. The main emphasis is, months ago was, don't give up. But I, I also had to kind of bring in the blessing and giving and receiving in order to pull the stories together to show you that you don't give up. If you give up, Satan wins, and then you do not receive the blessings from the Lord. So we start out with Abraham, Genesis 12, 2 through 3. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. 
and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Abraham, the Bible tells us, was a man of faith. God was looking for a man of faith. Genesis 13, 16, And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. But when we look at Abraham, it wasn't always that easy. The Lord came to him and said, leave your home country, leave your father, leave your mother. He did, but he also took along Lot, which there are a number of stories in the Bible about Lot and what happens with Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, one point I would bring up is that both Abraham and Lot were very, very rich, so much so that their herdsmen were bickering and fighting between themselves. And Abraham says to Lot, pick what you want, and I'll go the opposite direction. That's where we're supposed to be, that we're willing to trust God, even though when in our eyes it looks like Lot took the better ground, the better cattle, the better peace, God's always blessing us if we take the other, no matter what it looks like in the natural. As you know, it didn't turn out the best for Lot, because in that nice green valley was the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, Genesis, this is Abraham still, Genesis 15, 5. Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, and look at, again, look at how long Abraham had to wait for that first child. Years and years and years. We have a hard time with that. It's, it's not easy. It wasn't easy for Abraham. But we need to look back into the Bible stories, the scriptures, and build our faith upon that, that the Lord is faithful no matter how long it takes. Genesis seventeen seven, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. We still see this happening today. There's the blessing, there's the covenant, and if we don't give up, it's ours. The Lord is blessing us, but we can't give up. From Abraham, we go to Isaac. And we see in Genesis twenty six twelve, then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Pastor spoke on this roughly a month and a half ago. I don't, I'm going to hit it for one minute, maybe 30 seconds. But again, the Lord told Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. Plant where you're at, and I'll bless you. He was so blessed that Abimelech, the king, had to have Abraham move away because he had more money than what the king had. But in moving away, they lost the blessing. So then he had to go make a covenant with Abraham in order to keep receiving the covenant, part of the, the blessings of the covenant that Isaac had with God. Then we go to Jacob. 
Genesis 28:14 And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed similar to the same wording that was given to his grandfather Abraham How would you like to bend Jacob goes to his uncle Serves the uncle seven years for Rachel, the daughter, serving Laban. And then what happens on the wedding night? He gets the older sister. Don't get drunk on your wedding. There are some stories, but I will not go into that one. (laughs) So then Laban says, okay, you can have Rachel too but you got to serve me another seven years. So uh, Jacob does. Uh, in Genesis 31.7, it tells us that Laban changed Jacob's wages ten times. He worked for Laban roughly 21 years. Seven for the first daughter, seven for the second one, and then seven for part of the cattle. Can you imagine working for 21 years and your wages are changed 10 times and it's always so that Laban looks like he's getting the better deal all the time? But God was faithful to Jacob and it always backfired all the time. Then we go to Joseph, Genesis 39. And this is where Joseph you know, is sold into slavery. He goes down to Egypt and is sold to Potiphar, the Egyptian, captain of the king's guard. But the word tells us that because of Joseph, Potiphar's wealth increased, his household increased, his authority increased. Potiphar was resting in that day of rest because Joseph was taking care of everything. Potiphar could see the blessing that was upon Joseph when he was in Egypt. And because of that, Potiphar prospered. And he had no cares. He had no sweat and no toil for Potiphar. Again, with Joseph, don't give up. He could have given up anywhere along that line because it was tough. It was not easy. But he never gave up. Then we go to Moses. Deuteronomy 28, 3 through 13. These are the blessings. Blessed shall thou be in the city, in the field, fruit of thy body, fruit of thy ground, fruit of thy cattle, sheep. Blessed coming in and going out. Enemies shall flee from thee in seven ways. At this point, we see the Jewish people to where they've been in slavery. I think over 400 years in Egypt, and the Lord has brought them out. But then we see the story of Esther and Mordecai. And Haman hates the Jews, and he gets the king to write a a decree that all the Jews, on such and such a day, that all the Jews can be killed. The word tells us that evil, people that devise evil, will be caught in their own trap. The gallows that Haman had made, he was hung on or killed on. Then we go to Daniel. The advisors 
didn't like Daniel. So they again have the king write a decree, and Daniel is put into the lion's same thing happens. The lion doesn't hurt Daniel, but it devours his advisors in the end. Then we switch to the New Testament. Joseph and Mary, they head to Bethlehem. They head to Bethlehem to pay taxes. If you're poor, you're not paying taxes. Peter, we've talked about that last week, the fishing business with his partners. They were in a business to make money. Peter, where he has the, the Lord tells him to go catch the first fish and take the coin out of the fish's mouth to pay the tax again. Then we go to Paul. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three. It tells us that Paul had Stripes, five times minus one, 195 stripes. Can you imagine after having some of those and they were going to do it again, the executioner rips his shirt off his back and he sees those scars already there? He was beaten with rods three times. I just can imagine the executioner thinking, what is it about this man that he is willing to take these beatings keep going. Shipwreck, a day and a half in the sea. Paul didn't give up. The word tells us that he had a number of missionary trips. A lot of the New Testament talks about these missionary trips. He went to Spain, he went to Italy, he went to Greece, he went to Asia, he went to Asia Minor. That takes money. And he even talks about the churches giving to him to have the money to go. But it also tells us when he was in Jerusalem and then he had to go down to Can... Can... Uh, I can't say it right at the moment. But he was with the judge. And he was being with the judge of should he be freed or should he go to Italy, to Rome. And it tells us that the judge kept him, I think, almost two years because he was waiting for payment. He wanted to be bribed. Well, you can't bribe a judge if you don't have money. And then when he was in Rome, again, one or two years, he had freedom, but he had to have a Roman guard. You had to pay for that Roman guard. Again, it takes money. But again, Paul didn't give up. We come to Galatians 3, verses 13 to through 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And that's what we have today, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But you see, in World War II, the Jews were hated. And there are a number of examples, even yet today, of where the Jews are hated. They're hated because they're the chosen people of God in the start, but they're wealthy, and they're, the people see that, and they're, they, um, they're hated because of that. One example, years ago, probably 54 years ago, right at our house, if you come to our house, there's a swing out by the front door. 
and I'm sitting in that swing, and it's spring, and the grass is green, and my mom's cousin comes up, and he's talking there with my dad, and I'd never heard such words and such hate from any person toward the Jews in my life. Haven't since then either, but just hated the Jews. That was the problem with the stock market with the Jews. The problem with the Chicago Board of Trade with the Jews. The problem of the world was, was because of the Jews. Never heard that. Prejudice. I have, that popped into my mind, and I'm writing this, and I go, well, what does that mean? A preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or experience. Right. It's telling you it's wrong in the definition. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Satan is behind that hate. Satan hates God because we were created in the image of God. He hates man. And he knows that we have the authority if we only exercise over him. To end tonight, I have one more example of the blessing, giving and receiving, and then the willpower to never give up, to keep going. It's my brother-in-law, same age as I am. He's Iranian, 25 years old, 1979, the revolution is taking place in Iran. So Reza is able to go to Russia for one year. The only thing was he was supposed to be able to speak Russian. He was not. The Olympics happened then in Russia, so he comes back to Iran. He knows he's got to get out. There's the war between Iraq and Iran, so he feels that maybe he can escape by going through Iraq. He's incognito using different names at the border. He sees the landmine. He sees the men that have been killed. He actually takes some of the dog tags and turns them in later to the embassy. But he realizes he can't go that way. At that time, there were only three countries that you could travel without a visa. Pakistan, Turkey, Spain. This is now 1981. So he goes to Pakistan. From Pakistan, he's able to go to Turkey, and then from Turkey to Spain, all by himself. Reza, what'd you do in Spain? How'd you, how'd you do it in Spain? He says, well, you get on a bus, and you start riding around the city, and you're looking for Arabic or Farsi signs, and you're smelling the food. Finally, he saw the Farsi sign, and he smelled the food, and he got off, and he stayed there two years, with people from Iran. But again, didn't know the language, still learned Spanish. Two years there, so now it's 1983, September. He's able to fly to New York City. As a refugee, he can go anywhere in the U.S., but he couldn't stay in New York City, is what they told him. At that point, he comes, he has $200 to his name when he hits New York City. But look what happened. He never saw his dad again. Never. 
could talk to him, but never saw him again. His oldest brother was killed in the revolution. His other brother was tortured in the Iranian prison for a year. It should have been Reza, but they thought the brother was Reza. And that still has trouble walking to this day somewhat because of the torture. At that point, he leaves and he comes to Michigan State and he meets my sister. And then they end up going to Phoenix, where Julie then is doing her master's at Thunderbird. He starts out being a cab driver. From there, he becomes a semi-driver and eventually an owner of four semis doing the semi work. From there, he, they purchase a gravel pit. I'm going to give you an example of the 30, 60, and 100-fold of what happened. They purchased a piece of property for $10,000 an acre. Today, that's worth $261,000 an acre. But the blessing raises very thankful to God. He, he talks about being thankful all the time. And then with my sister being saved, you had the blessing of that with my sister now with him. They end up buying uh, two gravel pits, but you hit the downturn of the housing market. They almost lost everything at that point. But God came through December 31st before midnight. It was signed that they sold one of the gravel pits and everything was fine. But right to the last minute. As I mentioned, Reza has been very thankful to God. He has one piece of property to where they have a number of trailers, mobile homes, used cars, pickups. Over the years, he's taken care of at least five homeless men. He's taken them to the doctor. He's taken them to the hospital. He's paid the funeral bills. The blessing, the giving and the receiving, and Reza didn't give up. But it's a good example for us, no matter what we face, God is always true and faithful. Luke 6.38, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you merit, with all it shall be measured to you again. That's Jesus speaking. In Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Satan loses when you don't give up and you don't quit. Amen? Thank you. Enjoyed the time to be able to give you some of these scriptures. Uh, ministering team will be up here. If you have prayer, come on up. If there's anyone here that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, I'd be tickled to pray with you. So you're dismissed. Don't forget the kids. <laughs> Amen.